You're listening to Little Bites, the podcast for volunteer managers with solutions you can snack on. This is Sammy, Volunteer Toronto's training specialist, coming to you from the pantry, our crowded storage closet. Joining me today is our guest snacker, Cassandra James, Volunteer Toronto's subscriptions coordinator. On today's episode, you've got questions, we've got answers, and I've got opinions. Let's dive into your top questions sent to us at littlebites at volunteertoronto.ca. We get a lot of questions here, so we're hoping we can give you our best answers on this episode. First up is our snack of the day, cinnamon bun Oreos. Mmm, delicious, limited edition. Now to get us started with our guest snacker, please tell us who you are and what you do. So I'm Cassandra here at Volunteer Toronto. I am the subscriptions coordinator, which means that I coordinate our relationship with nonprofits looking for support in volunteer engagement, including posting to our website, getting access to our training and anything else that has to do with volunteer engagement here at Volunteer Toronto. Cool. Welcome. Thank you for joining me today. And could you tell me your favorite snack? Usually it's Cadbury chocolate of any kind, but since I've just come back from the Caribbean, it's right now, it's coconut fudge. Oh, it's very good. Cassandra <laughs> brought some back for us and it was delicious. Uh, and, I, and I will caution that it, this is now three for three of not bringing the snack that people like, but I can't guess, so no one really knows. Um, I already have dived into the cinnamon bun Oreos ahead of time anyway. So uh, today we're going to be answering just a few questions that we've heard from listeners just like you. So we're going to dive right in. Uh, this is from an anonymous listener. So this is what they had to say. Recruitment can be tough sometimes for small organizations like ours. Though we are doing pretty well with our numbers, I would like to hear some tips on how to recruit and outreach to new volunteers when your organization is smaller than most. So Cassandra, what are your first thoughts on this? Um, I think the first thing I, we want to consider when you are doing looking for new volunteers is who do you intend those new volunteers to be? So knowing your target audience for your outreach is important. Could you give um, an example of that? There's different approaches if you're looking to recruit seniors primarily or you know grow your senior base of volunteers versus looking to engage high schoolers. Uh, you go to different places to find them. Um, you take different approaches when you want to reach out to them or get their attention. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, I think that another side of that too, so you you know your audience and then you're going directly to the audience. So obviously you're not going to go to a high school to find seniors. Of course. But it's also maybe using networks that exist within those groups too. So we know that maybe youth prefer certain kinds of social media. Right. Maybe we know that certain community members really like to gravitate towards physical spaces. So that's a network that can be used as well. Right. Um, I think another thing is tapping into your current volunteer base. Right. They will know how to reach their people. Youth especially know how to reach their friends. Right. Saying bring your friends goes a long way. We know from some previous data from across the country of why people volunteer. One of the reasons people just says straight up is someone asked me or my friends asked me or yes. my friends were doing it. So that that's definitely a thing as well. Now, Cassandra, you see hundreds of postings all the time going through our website. And I know that, that you're not always looking for, for things people are doing right, doing wrong. But one thing that I know is, is as good of practice as possible is posting early. So what do you have to say about uh, about the dates or deadline dates or what people kind of include in their in their postings for dates? I think that that's one of the, the big things that a lot of organizations sometimes miss okay. when they're posting. The consideration that when people come to our website in particular, looking at potential opportunities to volunteer, they want to make sure it's something that they can commit to that's available. So if things are out of date, people are going to dismiss it. Right. If it's dated or the time frame is not 
indicated it can confuse people looking at postings and they may again dismiss what's on there right so making it clear and and kind of setting the dates and i think a good rule of thumb for this before we move on is if you need a volunteer by the first of the next month you should have your posting up the first of the previous month so that you have time for people to put in their applications maybe do some interviews things like that yes uh sometimes even more than that Absolutely. So we're going to take that and move to the next question. So this is from an attendee at this past year's Vector Conference. Um, so this is what they had to say. My organization has chapters, and in some cases offices, all across the country. How do we encourage good volunteer management throughout my organization? This could be any kind of organization with an off-site or satellite model, uh, or provincial or national organization. So some examples, we have the Toronto Public Library has 100 branches. Canadian Cancer Society has both provincial branches and local offices. And then there's numerous provincial associations based right here in Toronto with branches and chapters across the province as well. So I guess how do we make, how do we make it easier for, for having these practices, um, having good volunteer management throughout the organization? Yes. Yeah, so I've been hearing a lot of groups of that size, um, national, provincial organizations, struggling with this. And working through it, um, a lot of them are amalgamating their chapters into one organization. And, and the big struggle is how do you get someone in BC to follow the rules as set out in the head office in Toronto? Right. And what I think the first thing that people want to consider is, well, do you ask BC what it is they're doing? Do you find out what systems they're using for volunteer <laughs> engagement um, and what works for them and what doesn't? Uh, at the first step is bringing everyone to the table. Laying rules out and just forcing it on other people or on other chapters seems to be a thing that does not work well. Right. And I think that's something that I've heard in a lot of phone calls, a lot of questions of this is the way we have to do it. Why isn't anyone else doing that, too? Right. So I think you're right. Bring people together is the first point. And so that means they ask BC and they get a sense of what BC is doing. Mm -hmm. And that can help set the standards as well. What are some other just kind of to close this out? What are some other things that people could do as well? I think when you bring people to the table, what you want to do is not just listen to where they're struggling, but also take good ideas from everyone. Again, if BC is doing something amazing from a recruitment perspective that you can apply to everyone across the system, but also being considerate of different unique experiences and helping your, your different chapters and districts sort of work together to find a, a common place, I think, is important. Right. So, so understanding the issues and right. the successes everywhere and trying to bring that together. Right. Okay. I think that's the best start any, that anybody can work from. And I think for, for our listeners that, that are part of organizations like these, you may have a very large organization that actually doesn't have that many volunteers, but you have 100 locations. So there's a lot of challenges with that. Mm -hmm. So really bring people together uh, and that's going to help out with things for sure. Right. And the, the last question I'm going to do is, uh, this is a phone call I actually very recently got. So, so here's what they had to say. I asked for volunteer candidates to get police checks as part of the screening process. What do I do for newcomer volunteers who may not be able to get a police check? I get this question a lot. I know you're Me nodding. Too. You get this question <laughs> a lot too. too. Um, I'm just going to go right in with the thing I always say right off the bat is, First off, make sure that the role actually requires a police check. And what that is, is called a bona fide occupational requirement. It's basically, it's, it's proven that the police check is needed. That's the very first thing you need to do. After that point, what do you think might be some of the next steps for people? Well, if you determine that you don't necessarily need a police check, but you do want to do your due diligence when it comes to ensuring that they're the right fit and you, or you cover your bases. There are other ways. There's reference checks. And for newcomers, that's, that's something you still can do. I've actually done a email reference with someone in another country 
people come with experiences and they come with backgrounds and there are people you can talk to you can't necessarily get on the phone with them but it's okay to get an email reference if you need to you want to have an interview with them you want to make sure you sit down with them and get a sense of who they are as people you put them through a trial period where they're shadowing someone or someone's shadowing them to ensure that they uh, continue to be a good fit in the role and you mitigate as much risk as possible right. um but there are situations where background check is necessary yeah and that's one of the things definitely if especially for a vulnerable sector check yeah. if it's absolutely needed there's nothing you can do and right. in, in most cases i know for toronto police they may not even be able to get a vulnerable sector check depending on how long the person has been right. both in the province uh, or in the country and even maybe even in the city so sometimes it's non-negotiable and that makes it a bit of a challenging question to answer but like cassandra said was right that there are other ways to get this information and you need to do that risk assessment determination first. And I know after I do this episode, I'm going to get more phone calls, and I think you will too. <laughs> yes. But what we can basically say is if, if it is absolutely required, then it's absolutely required of everyone. And that may need to be that you turn down a newcomer volunteer. Do you yep. have any final One points of, on that? I was, I was considering something I know Lisa has talked about, which is adjusting roles. So that if there's a part of the role that has a risk factor, that means you must have a background check. How can you adapt roles to ensure that that risk factor isn't is a non-issue for that volunteer? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that and just to bring that, that's Lisa Robinson, who was yes. on episode one mm-hmm. of, of Little Bite. So you can listen to more of her talk about that as well. But yes, definitely making changes to roles is definitely an option. That brings us to the end of the three main questions. What we're going to do now is what I call the lightning round. Um, <laughs> we're going to answer these questions as fast as humanly possible. And we're just going to be super brief with them because we have to do it all in two minutes or less. So the first question, we'll ask these back and forth. Uh, What's the best method to screen effectively, in your opinion? I don't know about most effectively, but for me, the best type of screening is interviews. I appreciate being able to meet with people. You get a sense of who they are. You get to sit down with them. Interviews are a really great way to find out who people are. My answer is also interviews. You've already (laughs) answered that as well. Um, What's an easy way to get lots of interest in your posting? Catchy title, the best way when you're looking at postings, something that'll say, this looks interesting. Cool. Yeah. And I think any way that you can get, get it spread wide. So post it on our website and then share it everywhere and share it with everybody. Right. So here's another question. How much time do you think that people should give on applications uh, before the deadline? As much as possible. (laughs) Do you have a number for that or? uh, I do two months, uh, but as much as possible. Fair enough. I'd say for an event that you should do two to three weeks and for anything else you should do anywhere from four to eight weeks. So two months, like you said. But of course, everyone has different standards of that. The last question before we run out of time is your favorite tool to recognize volunteers. Cards. Love it. Okay. Yeah. I I also said cards with impact in them. So we sort of answered those as well. Yeah. So that actually brings us to the end of our episode answering your questions. So first for your big bite, uh, these are the main takeaways. And this comes back to the three questions and it will be posted on our show notes as well. The first thing is when you're recruiting, start internally with your connections and work with those connections and your volunteer connections to do that recruitment. Set standards for volunteer management across your organization, whether you have chapters or not, based on the reality of what the roles are, so the issues they're facing. And the last one is understand what the requirements are for screening. So if a police check is needed, a police check is needed. But if not, you can do something else. So thanks again for the conversation today, Cassandra. You're welcome. Uh, our blog post will feature today's questions and some highlights from our discussion, like I said. For our listeners, I leave you with one snack to go. Is there a question or answer that surprised you? Talk to a colleague about it and see if it surprises them too. And what does that mean if it does surprise you? 
Let us know what you find out at hashtag VTLittleBytes or email us at littlebytes at volunteertoronto.ca. If you've got any pressing questions you'd like answered on air, send us an email or tweet us at volunteerto anytime. You can also find all our episodes on the Inspiring Action blog at volunteertoronto.ca. I hope you've enjoyed listening to our opinions, primarily my very strong opinions, because um, as you know, I'm very <laughs> smart. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's episode of Little Bites and found some solutions you can snack on. Thanks for listening and keep snacking. <laughs>